Hey guys, I'm Chris. And I'm Mike. And welcome back to this week's No Limits, the Mitch Rap Podcast. What's new this week, Mike? Hey, I am just excited to announce our guest today. Wasn't that a great conversation we had earlier in the week? Yes, it was. Yes, it was. We have a titillating guest for you today. One we've been trying to get on this podcast for a long time, but he's been busy. Years. He's a he's a busy man. And you know what? It didn't disappoint. It was a great interview. So much so, we're going to have to have him on a couple more times just to complete this interview. There can easily be a part two, a three, four, five, who knows? Because, man, the way we were going, especially once we got into the Mitch Rap stuff, these moments we liked, these the arcs in the series that we liked, the characters... We could have went for hours just talking about Mitch Rapp. Yeah, and so as you guys know from the intro, this is being dropped on the Mitch Rapp pod because we are discussing Mitch Rapp. But before we get into today's interview, I just want to give you, me and Mike wanted to give you a little bit of update on all we're doing with No Limits. So not only do we have this pod, we just covered Oath of Loyalty, culminating with an awesome interview with Kyle Mills. Great book. Go get that. If you haven't read that, I don't know what rock you've been under, under for the past month. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's almost Halloween. It, it, damn near. When this comes out, it will be Halloween. So you should have read that book. Anyways, on season two, we are going strong with probably, should I say our favorite book? Maybe Hot Take? I don't know. Takedown this month. We put up part one where part two will be coming out to you soon. What a what an awesome book, Mike! I, I love Takedown. Yeah, I'm I'm glad we're getting back to the Scott Harvath pod. We're trying to do one Brad Thor book a month, and the last few, maybe we were in a little bit of a rut. But Takedown, let me tell you, this one comes out swinging. When we record that that second part, this is going to be up there with Lions of Lucerne. We'll see if it it can eclipse it. I'm not sure, but yeah, we are full steam ahead. With Scott Harvath and the Brad Thor books over on season two of No Limits. If that wasn't enough for you, we have a third pod. You haven't heard of it? No Limits, the Thriller Podcast, where we talk about everything that's not Scott Harvath or Mitch Rapp, Kyle Mills, whatever. And let me just tell you what we've covered so far on that feed. All of the Chris Howdy books. A lot of the Jack Carr books. <laughs> Almost yes. all of the Jack Carr, Jack Carr books. We, we got, we, I think we have two left, right? We also did The Gray Man, Mark Greeny, and the movie. And we, we, we might even dabble in a little bit of uh, Gabriel Alon. Yes, Daniel Silva. So Also, the uh, True Believer. If we get season two of The Terminalist announced, we'll be live on that podcast, definitely digging into all the gossip around that show. And we just covered True Believer, the book. Yeah, we covered True Believer. We covered all... Of the Terminalist, M- Mike did an awesome job bringing on multiple guests. Break that down. We had an interview with Jack. Oh, and next week, yes, Andrews and Wilson. Tell him. Oh, dude, yeah. Perhaps two of my favorite authors, who are this is crazy. Two authors writing a series together. The Tier One series is just super badass, and they've also released their second book in the Sons of Valor series. Man, Chunk, uh, he's such an operator. Absolutely loving that book. And then the Shepherd series, which is so unique. Chris, you haven't gotten into the Shepherd series yet, have you? No, I have not. Okay, dude. It is one of my favorites. Their debut book, Dark Intercept, in that series, it's up there, man. Like, it's up there with Terminalist as a debut and Term Limits as a debut. It's so unique. It's so different. I can't even, this idea of spiritual warfare, and it's insane to think of that in a military-style thriller, but they pull it off. So next week, we're going to have them on talking about their newest release, Dark Fall, the third book in the Shepherd series. You do not want to miss Andrews and Wilson. And I, I guess we could just say it right here. You know, if you like what you're hearing, for less than the price of a novel a month, you can help support No Limits. We should say thank you to our patrons uh, in our first year we were able to do an amazing $500 donation to the Prostate Cancer Foundation in Vince's memory, which was amazing. And we, we, we continue going with Operation Paperback. Tell them all about Operation Paperback, Mike. Chris, 
I'm having a blast partnering with Operation Paperback. It felt real great making the donation to the Prostate Cancer Foundation. And I feel like the work we're doing with Operation Paperback is just as meaningful, if not more. They're an organization, a nonprofit, that enlists volunteers to send care packages of books and magazines and literature to to active duty troops, as well as veterans and veterans' homes and hospitals. So far, just this month, we've sent 30 books in two care packages to veterans' hospitals, and that puts our two-year total as a thriller podcast community over 1,200 books sent in over 50 different care packages, and a few of those were to active duty bases around the world. So hopefully we're making a big impact getting books out there. And I will say, Chris, a majority of those books, I can honestly say, have been Vince Flynn novels. I've prioritized making sure a lot of Vince Flynn novels get into those care packages. So That's awesome. Share the wealth. You can join us and become a patron and help us continue to send out these monthly care packages and collect thriller books. Just visit thrillerpod.com, click the orange support us on Patreon button. You will get bookmarks, stickers, a coupon code in our gear store so you can get your hoodie, t-shirt, Mitrap Pod gear. Every penny will help support the podcast and the profits will go towards continuing to send out care packages to our troops and our veterans. I guess on that note, we should shout out our newest patron. Yeah, welcome, welcome. Yeah, Rod has joined us since we recorded, and we missed a few in there because we had them pre-recorded, but welcome, Rod G. You were not only a guest many, many episodes ago talking about Kyle Mills. You are his gun guru and his gun advisor, but now you are a patron of the podcast. You're part of the reason we can keep this podcast coming at you weekly. Welcome, Rod. Thank you very much for your support. So, yeah, we, we're just cranking out content for you. You know, what, what better than to give you more content than to give you a giveaway? What do you think? Should we give them a giveaway for this special interview? We haven't even told them who it's going to be, but we have a special giveaway. Yeah, so this, this interview today, Chris, I think you and I both said when we started this podcast, smack in the middle of the pandemic, 2020 at its worst, we said, Two things would be great if they can happen. One, we get Kyle Mills on the pod. Two, we get Ryan Steck, the rapologist on the pod. And today, we make that dream a reality. And so to celebrate, we want you guys, our listeners involved, we wouldn't be here without you. So we are giving away two copies of Fields of Fire. We're going to see if we can bother Ryan enough to get him to (laughs) autograph these copies. We'll pay for the shipping, Ryan, so we got you covered. So possibly two autographed copies of Fields of Fire, and there are four ways to enter. First, you have to be subscribed to all three of our podcast feeds. And then for each one of these entries on our social media, you will get an entry into the giveaway. So four chances to win. First, by leaving a review in the Apple Podcast app. We hope it's five stars, but if you write up a little comment, put your screen name or username in there, how we can contact you, that's one entry. If you retweet our official tweet promoting this episode, once we publish this episode, go ahead, retweet and share that. Same on Instagram, if you share our story, the official story where we're publishing this episode. And if you join on Facebook, the No Limits group, and share our post, where we'll be making our official post of this episode. So four ways four social media platforms. If you help share the pod, we will put your name into the pot to win a copy of Fields of Fire. And dude, speaking of debut book, Ryan Stead, he comes on strong with his first, Matty Red. I think Matty Red's going to be a household name in the Thrillerverse. Yeah, and it's funny, we we barely got a chance to, I guess because we had, we didn't want to talk to him for a long time, and we finally got him on, you know, in this culminating with what this is uh, episode 112 of our Mitrap pod so that many hours of content that we wanted to discuss with him so at the very end obviously we had to talk about his book um and sprinkle throughout he, he mentions it so definitely go out there get your copy of fields of fire he's already working on the second one yeah a really good day day debut book and hopefully we have a chance to you know talk about this more either definitely between the two of us but hopefully we can bring ryan back on to talk a little bit more about it Absolutely. And the way he's talking about Lethal Range, the second book, the sequel, 
man, I'm, I'm jazzed about that too. So you'll hear that in the interview. Join us in talking with Ryan Steck, the Repologist. Today, we are very excited to welcome to No Limits, the Mitch Rap Podcast, the world's number one Mitch Rap fan, and now an accomplished author, the real book spy himself, the Rapologist. Welcome, Ryan Steck. Uh, thank you, man. That's a great intro. Got a lot of accomplishments on your resume to uh, to tout tonight. You sounded so like genuine and excited. I'm make my wife listen to that, so she treats me like I'm more important after this. <laughs> but it's it's the it's probably the the only time we could say we're, we're having a guest on this pod that we know is more of a Mitrap fan than the two of us like oh, hands down you are the number one Mitrap fan so honored honored to have you on the podcast. i'm honored to come on guys thank you for for having me. i wanted to come on for a long time i love what you guys are doing and it's nice to be with like-minded Mitrap fans yes right. and we actually want to pick up there let's go to the early days yeah, you are the rapologist. The first time we we were introduced to your work was stumbling upon Mitch Rap Fan, and I think Chris and I just while we had this idea for the podcast, we saw your work. We're like, wow, there's a community out there of people who just want more rap any way they can get it. And you brought to people a blog and book reviews and interviews. Tell us about the early days of becoming the rapologist. Man, it's so crazy for me to look back on now because it was never like something i intended to turn into what it is now i never would have thought like back then it was like the first steps into a new career for me back then i was a failed sports journalist like coming out of that like i mean like 2012 ish okay um i was a detroit lions beat reporter for one year which was painful Ah, yeah, yeah. They they've literally, by the way, sucked from then till now. So like, I didn't <laughs> right. miss much leaving that career behind. Okay, nothing changed. Uh, no, nothing has changed. But I um, really started to struggle with some of my write ups and felt like it was a lot harder than it should be. I knew what I wanted to say, but getting it out was tough. And I remember talking to my doctor as an adult, and um, they sent me to do some, you know, like testing and stuff. And my doctor was like, "Hey, you know, you're dyslexic," and I didn't I didn't know that. Um, made sense when they explained to me what it was. And I remember my doctor was like, if you want to beat this, just go read. Well, mm. I didn't read a lot at the time. Um, so one of the first things I did was I went home and I Googled dyslexic authors because I felt like if there's an author out there who's dyslexic and they beat this, that's where I want to I wanna go see their work. I want to see if like, they're actually good at what they do. And literally the first person that popped up was Vince Flynn. So I actually didn't jump into the series just yet. Um, as wild as this is, it was like, a few days, maybe like a week or 10 days or so later that Vince died. And so I remember on the news, like I saw this and I was like, wow, that's the, the guy that that's the author I had just been reading about that like beat dyslexia. And I had the news on and they were like, you know, he's known for his famous Mitch Rapp series and for consulting on the hit show 24 season five. And I was like, that's my favorite season of that show. Like, I love that show. So I started American assassin the night that Mitch Rapp or the night Vince Flynn passed away wow. literally that night. Um, I jumped in and at the time uh, my oldest son was going through a lot of medical issues and we literally had to have like a revolving 24 hour, like someone had to have eyes on taking care of him. And so I always got the night shift and I would read to stay awake. Um, and I, I read American assassin like that first night. And was so blown away. I was like, this guy is a badass. Like, I love this. Like, I'm so in. And I bought I bought the whole series like the next day. And within like, I don't even like a month, maybe I read every single book except for, you know, I've never I don't. So this is something I've never I've never told anyone. Uh, this this is like truly an exclusive. I didn't read term limits. I skipped oh. term limits because I knew Mitch wasn't in it. And. I, so I've never admitted this publicly, but I will be honest with you. The night that I finally read Term Limits was the night that Kyle Mills was announced to be taking over the series. And I knew there'd be more books because I just wanted one more book that like in my life, like if I knew there's still one more I didn't read, you know, it's not a Mitch Rat book, but I, I knew the premise. 
And so in my mind, it was like, there's always this one that I could turn to, like, you know what I mean? Like that's still, cause there's nothing like that first time through these books, nothing, Mm -hmm. you know, every time, like you're like, Mitch does something badass, And then you're like, Oh, he's he's so great. And then you meet this bad guy. You're like, I hate you. I can't wait till Mitch kills you. I don't know how that's going to happen or when, but it's going to be awesome. And, and you know, it's coming and there's just nothing like it, man. So I waited and waited and waited and I couldn't bring myself to read it because the, the journey was really done. I've never told this publicly. So the night Kyle was announced, I freaked out and uh, went out and actually made coffee and sat and read Term Limits cover to cover. And so at the time, this was all going on, we had four kids and I was, so Chris knows, that's a struggle. Uh, I, so I had four kids and my wife was like, yeah, you need to, this is great. I'm glad you're a fan of this, but like, you need to be productive and like, you're a sports writer. And I didn't feel like one anymore. I had stepped away, but I was practicing to get back to it. So when I was reading the books, I was taking notes as like a way to practice watching an NFL game, jotting down the stats and what's happening, you know, across the game, uh, the course of the game, you know, that the way, cause a lot of people don't know this. You're writing your game story while the game's on, like while oh, yeah. you're watching it, you're writing that game story. So this truly was like second nature for me to just be taking all these crazy notes and writing out all this stuff. And when I was done with the series, I had like, I'm not lying, like stacks of legal pads of notes just everywhere. I look like a crazy person. And I remember like, I don't know what I'm going to do with all this, but I've got it, you know? And my wife was the one who was like, why don't you make like, um, like a website and put all this stuff out there. And I was like, people are going to think I'm nuts, you know, but let's do it. And so for me, it was, I never expect anyone to find it. I didn't think anyone would come across it. Truly, I didn't. And the madman, David Brown, Atria Mystery Bus himself is the one who really kind of discovered it and reached out to me. And um, <clears throat> at the same time, you know, Kyle, if you guys have had him on, you know him. Like he is so, <laughs> so different than Vince when it comes to like how he goes about writing a book. He likes all these notes and he wants everything he can have and 30,000 word outlines. And so when he was preparing for the survivor, you know, the, the, the pretty famous backstory was he had said, send me everything that Vince had because the survivor was announced. And the, the first chapter was on Vince's website. It was three pages. So they said, okay. And they literally sent him the three pages that were on the website. And that was it. <laughs> And I know that at the time he kind of was like, oh my gosh, you know, and, and as the story goes, it was sort of like David Brown was like, we, we know a guy. And so, um, so Kyle and I met and we, we talked a lot and early on I was like stoked. Cause I was hearing it from him, how committed he was. Cause that was the fear, right? Like on one hand, you're very excited. Like Mitch rap is going to live on. On the other hand, you're like, what if it sucks? You know? And right. it's almost like for me, it was like, on no lose situation. It was like when, when George Lucas made more star Wars movies, it was like, if this is awesome, this is going to be awesome. But if, if it sucks, you'll be like, this didn't really count. You know? Yeah, sure. So I went into it really excited. Like either way, this is going to be awesome and was so blown away by what Kyle was doing. And at the time, you know, I think the hardest thing for me was like that first year, no one knew that Kyle wrote every page, but the first three pages. And so everyone was like, Oh gosh, it's really hard to tell where Vince left off, but you know, he did a good job and so glad Kyle could finish this book. And I thought that's such an ass backwards way to build it. Like I get why, but Kyle wrote that book, you know, that was on Kyle. So everyone that loved it and felt like Vince's last work was so great. That really is Kyle Mills. And knowing that for me, I was like, we're, we're good to go guys. Like we're good. Like Kyle's in the driver's seat. He gets it. He, my first conversations with him were like, what do you think special about Mitch Rapp? And the way he would answer that, I was like, oh, hell yeah. Like this guy gets it. Like this is the Mitch Rapp that I love. And, 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 um, I was really pumped. And, you know, like from there, it's so crazy. Uh, I did the Vince Flynn encyclopedia and David Brown nicknamed me the rapologist. That's still probably of all my names. That's probably my favorite. Oh, that was from David. I don't think I knew that. David Brown nicknamed me that. Okay. From there, you know, what I really loved was, meeting other people that love Mitch rap. But the thing that like drove me nuts was there was readers that didn't love Mitch the way I did. You know, they, but yeah, he's okay. I'm like, no, you're wrong. He's first of all, he's great. You're wrong. He is the best character ever created. Who do you like? He's the goat. 
He's the goat. He's the best, man. Come on. He's like the Tom Brady of thriller protagonists. Let's just be honest, okay? And so I never like understood how he's not your favorite character. Okay. I, I literally did a book signing for my first book, Fields of Fire, and someone was like, Who's your favorite character, you know, ever created? And someone was like, it's going to be Maddie Red. And I was like, no, no, it's not. <laughs> so I was like, so his name's Mitch Rapp. Uh, he's really important to me. You know, I found him at a, at a time in my life. Again, I had a kid, very serious medical issues and kind of clung to Mitch, you know, as a way, as an outlet, as weird as that sounds. And, um, and, and didn't get to know Vince. So I like watched all these interviews and I like, felt like in a weird way, I grieved the loss of Vince Flynn like a year after he died because I was now such a fan. And it was like, this sucks. Like I'm this huge fan. I could never meet him now, you know? And so I have been blessed thanks to David Brown and Kyle Mills and the Flynn family to have like this front row seat to everything after. And I'm so thankful for that. But what I found was I was very passionate talking about Mitch Rapp. There were other people passionate about other characters and authors. And then there were people that really hadn't discovered a love for these characters or these books. And I started writing book reviews for like other outlets. And I started realizing like this could be a career thing because there's no one covering our genre. And so when I launched the book spy, it was like, I, f I felt like the thriller genre was the NFL league. Right. And the authors were like <clears throat> the teams. And the characters were like the players. Yeah. And my goal was to cover every level of that. So I wanted to be different. Interviews, announce books, announce book deals, review the books, connect people with books. And I launched that um, in tw 2014. It didn't really catch on until 2015. By tw 2018, that year alone, that calendar year, we did 2 million unique impressions. And that's when I knew, oh, this is a thing. And I'm probably going to work in thrillers for the foreseeable future. Nice. And, and none of that, by the way. And then I decided, so I, I started working as an editor. I decided I was going to write a book. And it like, so looking back, this is like a very, like half the show answer on your question. I look back on it now and I'm like, dude, I never would have thought back then this would lead to me being a book spy, being an author having a son named Mitch, you know, right. all, all this stuff. And so I look back on it and it is a wild, crazy ride that I feel very privileged to, to be on. Wow. That's uh, that's crazy. Yeah. I, I feel like one of the best parts that's come out of doing this podcast, you, you mentioned it too, is just connecting with other people, you know, cause oftentimes you can just, unless it's like a huge series, you know, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, whatever, you can find that not many people, unless you're like part of a book club, uh, that, you know, you have yeah. a community. And then, so once you either, you find like websites like your, your own, or you, you know, do this podcast and you engage with fans, you actually see, oh, there's other people out there that are like me way more into it than me. And I, I like what you said, how there's other people have takes that like you were like, how can you have that take? Like Mitch is the best character, you know, like Mitch. They're wrong. Mitch that's just like, that's how I rationalize. They're just wrong. They just don't know. They're yeah. Wrong. But it's just, I don't know. It's a great community. And I, 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 I think it's crazy that it's, it's changed your life. You know, obviously for the, it seems the, the better and you so know, completely yeah. right. Like, like it turns out this could have went really bad. Like they could have been like, this guy is nuts. Like he, he is obsessed over a not real person. Like, no, it totally went the other way. Um, I understand that some people don't like Mitch Rapp the most. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. They're wrong. They're entitled to that opinion. They're wrong. Um, <laughs> and you talk about like, <clears throat> so completely changing a life and even the life of my family. Like, it's just, it's, it's really wild to look back on. Would you, would you say that like Mitch is almost a uh, part of your family? Yeah, I mean, so my son Mitchell, which by the way, I named him Mitchell Ryan because I was determined to put a Mitch and a Ryan together. Um, I mean, I felt like, you know, Kyle could have wrote a Ryan character in there that was Mitch Rapp's secret best friend forever, and that'd have been great. But since he didn't do it, I was determined to put a Mitch and a Ryan together. So I have a Mitchell Ryan, and he calls himself the Mitch Rapp baby. Mitch Rapp He's baby. five now, and he literally refers to himself. So we play Minecraft, and his name is Mitch Rapp Baby. That's awesome. He plays Roblox. It's Mitch Rat Baby. Mission accomplished. Right. Uh, my kids have 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 heard me read. So I do what I call the Daddy Abridged version, 
and I've read all the Mitch Rant books out loud to them. I like oh. it's like it's like highly edited mm, and then very right. abridged, <laughs> right. but but they all know the gist of them and they're all fans. And when the movie came out, I like spent hundreds of dollars to buy this thing called a clear play device so my kids could watch the movie because it takes out like the swearing and the nudity and stuff like that. I left the violence in because it's not real. So I didn't freak out. My wife was like, because I was like, it's not, can they watch that part? Like, they know Mitch Rapp kills people. And so my wife like consented and was like, fine, like just uh, take out all the other stuff. So, so they're fans of the movie, man. Like, they genuinely are fans of Mitch Rapp. That's awesome. Get, get them young. Got to, we got to get the next generation <laughs> of those fans. Hey, Chris, oh, when are we oh, watching yeah. uh, American Assassin with Patrick and Mary? I'm coming over for. Uh... Mitch Rap viewing with the kids. No, I'd, I'd have to get one of those devices uh, that that Ryan got <laughs> for sure. You, you do need one. You do need one. Um, worth it though, so worth it. That was uh, a fun. So like, I I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this, but I will because I mean, what are they gonna do now? Yeah. But uh, I so so that really cool like DVD special features where David Brown is interviewed. Right, right. Yeah. So I was invited onto the set, and um, there's been two really important things in my life. Vince Flynn related that I couldn't partake in because of my oldest son's health issues. Mm. So the first one was the Vince Flynn legacy, legacy event. Like they invited me out and I was planning to go. My son had some really extreme medical conditions where he like truly collapsed one time and had to go by ambulance to the hospital. And we found out how bad it was. And so they kicked us up to U of M and they scheduled him for tests the same. It was like, the day before the day I can't remember now because it was so long ago, but I couldn't go to Minnesota for that event. Mm. So I was so bummed. But at the time, the whole Flynn family was like very sweet to me. And they were like, I was like, I'm so sorry. I can't be there. Like I want to be in there. Like Vince would have been with his kid. So you're doing the right thing. Right. And that made me feel good. Um, and then after that, I never, I never second guessed it. You know, the trip to London to go on the set, that one hurt. So again, I had, my son was, really going through a tough medical stretch and just couldn't justify leaving because we also have uh, i also have a son who's autistic that's a lot to leave on my wife you know at that point we had five kids <clears throat> that was like a lot to like i'm going off to meet michael keaton and dylan bryan babe like you're gonna have to hold this down uh, that was a lot you know and so i couldn't go and so it broke my heart both times but again the flynn family david brown everyone was like hey you're doing the right thing but it really sucked for me so when I watch that back, I'm like, I could have been me. Like I could have, that could have been me behind David. And I did all the prep work. I found out that Michael Keaton is a germaphobe and I was going to bet David Brown, like tell him that I read online that he likes to be just spontaneously hugged at random. So run up there. And I was so ready for that and I didn't get to do it. So I was, I was so bummed. Oh, that's good. Uh, so th those are two bummer moments, but you have some great ones. Yeah. So I think we're going to end up doing like multiple parts to this which I hope we do because I would love to do a show and tell with you guys to have you back. I feel like I have the, the Vince Flynn museum over here. I should have pulled it out for this one. So what I have is we've been conditioning to get a real museum, by the way, installed at his own. That's a running gag on our pod actually. Yeah. 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 Well, we could make it happen. So my youngest, so when we got pregnant for the last time and I say the last time, cause I'm, we're, we're just so done. <laughs> But I, if number five was a boy, I had lobbied hard for Mitch and my wife said no. So I talked her into naming my daughter Riley Anna after Anna Riley. Yeah, uh, yeah. She didn't really know that at the time. That kind of came out later. She's like, did we name our kid after? I was like, yeah, we did. Like, yeah, you didn't know, but we made it happen. Surprise. Uh, with my youngest, with Mitch, I told Melissa, that's my wife. I was like, if it's a boy, it's got to be Mitch. And she's like, I'll think about it. So... I can't remember which who I was talking to in the Flynn family, but when they found out, they're like, hey, Ryan, if it's a boy, you know you got to name him Mitchell. And I was like, babe, the, Vince's family said we have to. Like, we we can't say no. Guilt card. I don't know how, how that worked, but she was like, okay, fine. If it's a boy, it can be Mitch. If it's a girl, I get to name the baby. So I was all in on making this happen. You know what I mean? And so um, thank God it was a boy. I got a Mitchell, and I got a gift from uh, one of Vince's brothers in the mail and it was uh the original macbook pro that vince wrote his first uh four books on oh wow and that's like the holy grail for me so that's cool that's really cool really awesome that. that's going in the museum i think the museum yeah. gag started when david brown 
showed us the statue in his office. I, I'm sure yeah. you've seen it. Oh, yeah. Um, but the Mitch Rapp coming out of the duct from Transfer Power. That's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Some fans, man. Over the top. Over the top. And then, like you said, with your website, the Kill Catalog, we relied on that for data early in the pod. You even had a post how many times he drinks coffee. We yeah. want to find the people who like these eccentric, esoteric, deep dives into the text because I think what Vince Flynn created sets itself apart from so much else in the thriller verse that it deserves that level of attention. Yeah. Well, he checks every box. You've created the most badass character ever created. You beat headlines. I mean, I don't know if you guys know this part. You know, like uh, with Memorial Day, when they took a nuke down the Potomac, Mm -hmm. the Pentagon like flagged that and was like, you need to hold that book back because, you know, he's like, surely you had a plan for that. And it was like, no, no, we we didn't. So they like wanted like, there was stuff in there that like literally, you know what I mean? There was the, the meeting president Bush and you're a little too accurate. Like all these things, this guy beat headlines. And, and, and when you look at the Osama bin Laden raid, Vince had a sequence that's almost identical to that. Right. You know? And so you got this great character, you, you beat the headlines and then him as a person, I mean, he's a good-looking guy. He's charismatic. He's so smart, but he's a guy's guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Like the guy likes sports, and it's someone you want to hang out with. You know what I mean? Um, all the stories, everyone loved them. He was genuine, and um, hits hits number one on the New York Times list and doesn't change him. You know how rare that is. And he had a great family who kept him grounded. Don't get me wrong, but you know, Vince was Vince was the man. And you look at the books, and it's like I totally agree with you. They're worthy of being poured over and, and looked into and doing a deep dive because he really put everything into them. Yeah, there's just a certain quality and not to like, I don't know, not to like put down other things we've read that we've really enjoyed, but there's just something about reading a Vince Flynn novel. I don't know. It's just it, it, when we doing the deep dive during, you know, starting this during COVID and, you know, hashing out these books, because both me and Mike had obviously read them multiple times before and then you know, going back and actually like discussing these things for the first time, it, it brought a whole new appreciation to how well crafted this series has been. And I think like, I don't know, we were going to ask you like how you, th- you kind of mentioned it too, how Kyle has now taken it and, you know, obviously continued that work, but then adapted on, you know, brought his spin to it. What have you thought of the last couple of uh, novels? Uh, were you a fan of the the Mike spoiler, but Mike Nash uh, enemy at the gates turn uh, that that kind of roiled the the fandom a little bit? Yeah, I mean, so listen, I have a take on this. in In the same way that if you tell me Mitch Rapp is not the greatest character ever created, you're wrong. So when you tell me that like Mike Nash would never do that, you're wrong. I'm sorry, I hear you. I yes, get it. You love this is you're true. wrong. This is true. You're wrong. It the it was there from the beginning. He always was not so much a if he's a brother to to Mitch, he's the little brother that doesn't listen, that always is going against the big brother. Yes. yes. Everyone that's like, you know, he was a tough guy too. No, he's really not. Uh Vince, I mean, Vince wrote a sequence. You guys know, like Mitch one palm to the chest and like Nash is on his ass. Like, he's not gonna come after Mitch Rap. Okay. So can we just stop that whole like but the idea that like he's the golden boy and would not there's the groundwork is there in the yeah. books. If you look closely, yes, this is. is in character with Mike Nash. This is not the only shock was that Kyle really did it. Right. I know right. That, that, was, that was a huge yes. shock that he had that the bold. stones to do it. Like, it but bold. that, but it's not in any way shocking to me that, that Nash would do it. I give Kyle credit for, uh, for actually seeing it through, but I thought it was, genuine to the character Vince created and made a lot of sense in the story. Yep. I think Kyle, anyone, cause every once in a while, it's not common on the Facebook threads or somewhere else in, in the groups. Someone will, will inadvertently say, ah, oh, you know, I stopped reading after, you know, Vince passed and, and it's never been the same since, or Kyle Mills books just haven't kept up the tradition. Well, once again, you're entitled to your opinion, but again, it's a wrong, they're opinion wrong. Yeah, they're wrong. Kyle pulls on those threads yeah. for as little as Vince left him with notes. Like you're saying, you know, the three pages to start the survivor. Kyle was able to find the threads, pull on them, unravel them and and weave them into his own version of storytelling. That's very much within the themes and, you know, the the zeitgeist of what is in a Mitch Rapp novel. And it's just genius. He picked up on this stuff with such little little cues and everything he's doing is is honoring Vince 
yep. it's honoring the characters and the characters he's made on his own and the stories he's taken to update the work. You know, he's always talking about how Vince never saw the rise of ISIS in his lifetime. Yes. Yeah. He's writing it exactly how I think Vince would have done so himself. Yeah. I totally agree with you. And I can say I've seen firsthand what Kyle does to prep. I've had dinner with him. I've talked to him a lot. And I am in no way, I take zero credit for anything. You know, he's, he said to me, like, here's my notes. What do you think? That kind of a thing. We've talked a lot about, about a lot of this stuff, man. But, like, I see the depth of it behind the scenes, how much he really puts into this and how much he cares, how important it is to Kyle to stay true to what Vince is doing. At the same time, the world is changing and evolving. And it's silly to think that if Vince were alive today, he'd still be writing Middle Eastern terrorism versus Mitch Rapp. Like, right. that's not where the world is. Vince was going to take on whatever threats were there. Now, look, one of the things that made Vince Flynn Vince Flynn was he was capturing Middle Eastern terrorism for what it was while everyone else was still focused on, on Russia. Right. Clancy and some of the old guys like that. Like, Vince was really one of those young authors at the time that was hitting on the next threat. So it's stupid to think that Vince wouldn't have been looking for the next threat for Mitch Rapp, whether that was inside the U.S. or whether that was outside. It's logical that he would have been doing that, too. Kyle's doing the same thing. and He's doing it at a very high level. Yeah. Also, would you say he's Mitch was always different than the other thriller characters or, or superheroes in these books because he was a human. Yeah, he was a family man. He almost had those qualities that Vince had. And just look at that scene where he finds out that Anna's pregnant. Just, I think he's brought to tears in this restaurant. A lot of these tough guys, I don't think authors would be willing to write the human side of them as strongly as Vince would do. And maybe it's part of his Catholic background of knowing that, you know, what true manhood is and whatnot. He's willing to go into those vulnerable areas. And so Mitch is pretty vulnerable. And now we see Kyle putting Mitch as a father figure with baby yeah. Anna and I think it's just brilliant seeing that. And some people have said, oh, it, Mitch is being domesticated and he's not killing enough. I think that's the furthest thing from the truth because it's a new stage of his life. Vince would have written him becoming a man, becoming a father. And I love how an oath of loyalty, we got to hear your take on oath of loyalty. Anna even says to him, Mitch, you've been such a great father to Anna. That brought yeah. me to tears because it's just he's it's a whole new Mitch, even though it's the same Mitch. It's what he always wanted. Right? Yes. Anyone that's like this, you know, I hate this take on Mitch Rapp. Mitch Rapp, this is what Mitch Rapp always wanted. Things got dark at, later in the series. And I look back at that as, you know, Vince was dealing with cancer. And, and let's just take a second, by the way, to acknowledge the fact that this guy is diagnosed with cancer and still wrote two books. Two very good books. Very good books. I, I'm telling you right now, like as an author, which is still weird for me to say because I have one book out. And I finished my second one and turned it in. I promise you, if they diagnose me with cancer, I am not writing a book. Like, I am focused on that. You know what I mean? This guy gave us Mitch Rapp and, and put Mitch Rapp and his fans first. And so I like to look at it under that lens. Who is Mitch Rapp? And he had gotten pretty dark for a while there post consent to kill. Yeah. I think very wisely, Kyle knew he had to give him his soul back. But that can't just happen. There's got to be a plan for that. Well, all Kyle did is look at what does Mitch want? What did Vince want to give him? And FYI, there's plenty of interviews where Vince says, you know, one day I want to explore Mitch Rapp as a father. So people that think this never would have happened, again, you're entitled to your wrong opinion, but it's incorrect. <laughs> it's not right. That Vince did plan on that. Kyle just followed the blueprint that was there. Now, as for Mitch himself, I couldn't be happier for the guy. I had described Mitch Rapp as like a best friend of mine that I could never meet in person. Right. But every time that book comes out, it's like my best friend's back in town for a weekend. Yes. And I get to spend it with him. And man, I am hyped. Okay. Oh, yeah. I am hyped. And so it's great for me to see Mitch with his soul back allowed to be happy but still doing his job you know the biggest complaint that i see about mitch rap this is so stupid is they're like oh he's too superman like i don't agree the guy's got a big scar on his face okay that's a reminder right there he bleeds okay secondly they say that because mitch rap's never been bested that's only mostly true just so you know 
yes, Mitch Rapp is like one every fight he's been in. But it's always you ever notice it's written in a way that's actually believable. Yeah, no, it is. There, there's other I won't name them, but I cover them, and they're supposed to be the alpha males. Yep, they get bested. Yeah, and I'm always like, I'll read these, and this is no offense to any other authors because I'm big fans of these guys. But I'll read them. I'm like, <laughs> Mitch Rapp would have smoked that dude, just so you know. Like I, I feel that way when I read them. I'm like, this guy got his ass kicked, and Mitch would have definitely smoked this guy. But anyways, um. <laughs> It's done in a way that's not comical or over the top. It's actually believable. Like, we believe Mitch is really this good at what he does, which is why it's believable he's doing it into his 40s, by the way. Yeah. You know, because the table was set for that. So I think Kyle has really delivered so, so well onto that. I enjoy seeing Mitch at this next phase. And it makes sense, man. The, the, the world's changing. The country's changing. Mitch Rapp is going to change a little bit, which is why I thought, I mean, that's my take on Oath of Loyalty. I thought it was so brilliant because the world is changing. The country is changing. The country that Mitch Rapp has spent his whole life protecting has now turned on him. And that is brilliant. Right. Yep. And it's not just Mitch. It's Irene caught in that crossfire, too. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, some of that stuff is, is closer to the reality than we'd like yeah. in today's world. Right. And I mean, not to be political and I don't go there ever publicly with, you know, any, any of my platforms, but like, if just read the news. Okay. Like it's, it's, it's realistic. And I think to capture that and show it through Mitch's eyes and point of view is, um, a unique take on this, you know? And I think Kyle did it all very well. Look that to have the stones to do what he did with Mike Nash, to have, Mitch betrayed by the country he has spent his whole adult life protecting. This guy has bled to keep the flag red numerous times. To now be on the other side of that, and Irene's on the other side of that, and everything that they've known, it's all kind of in shambles, and they don't really know what's going to happen next. To me, that is as bold and daring as killing off Anna Riley. Right. And consent to kill and it's why i think oath of loyalty is and i really mean this i think it's the best mitch rat book since consent to kill yeah mike said the uh, same thing that's funny yeah. i did i said kyle's best and i said by far yeah i said i, I think it's kyle's consent to kill i will say yeah. that i also think it's his absolute best dialogue and character writing he's ever written even reading most of his other books i just think he was at the top of his game the, the words that he put in the characters' mouths, the stories and situations he built, and, and where he moved America to, the book was both personal and grand. Yeah. It had this like microcosm and macrocosm of everything in the Mitrap universe that we love. And the cooks, I think, were a big part of that. I, oh, yeah. I think they might be on the level of some of Vince's early villains. Like, I think the cooks are up there with... Um, uh, what what's his name? Hank uh, Clark. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. We talked about Mitch Rat being stone cold. Here's how stone cold Vince Flynn was. You have Stu Garrett introducing your very first book ever in term limits. <clears throat> this dude waited a decade to smoke him. I know. Okay? I know. Think about that. What a rat that guy was. We we end Act of Treason with Irene smoking her first guy right in the oval and it's like oh my gosh like brilliant. and then you know Mitch Rapp's gonna kill Stu Garrett but he's told you have to wait a year this is so brilliant because the publishing schedule is one book a year right and so here comes protect and defend and I was like oh I hope Mitch kills this guy you know so literally a year later in real time Mitch Rapp is swimming out to that yacht you know Vince waited a decade to kill this guy and what he was so brilliant at, yes, he created the hero we all love. What he also did is he created all the villains we hate. Yeah. I hate all these people. Like, every who's time your, I meet these guys. Who's your favorite villain? Oh, it's, you know, it's tough for me. I think Stu Garrett would be, like, way up there because he's everything we hate about politics and right. all of that in general. Uh, for me, and I'll be honest, so this is, uh, okay, I'm going to tell you who I'm going to talk about, something I've never really talked about publicly. Okay. But it, it's Louis Gould. I hate him. I yeah. absolutely hate him. It took me like a whole book to accept that Mitch would be with his wife. At first I was like, what are we doing? Like, uh, yeah. no way. Like I just had such a hard time. Like Kyle could tell you if he remembers the behind the scenes stuff, we went to dinner one time and I pitched him and he was kind of talking to me about it. And I was like, no, like, why don't you bring back Greta? See, I liked her. Like, yeah. Where the, the hell is Greta? Back. What happened to Greta? <laughs> 
Greta, she was smoking hot. She loved Mitch. She was like bandaging up his wounds. Like she's an old liar. To show you how my brain works very differently than like Kyle's. We're talking about this over dinner, and I'm like, you know, I bring Greta back. Like, you know, we're talking about it. And he's like, no, because something would have had to happen that was so bad she's never ever mentioned again. No, Vince went back and wrote those books after he wrote the whole middle of the series. Like, he couldn't have mentioned her. She wasn't created yet. Right, like, right. I think she's in hiding, and it's the perfect well, time to bring her back, you know? it. So it took me literally, like, a whole book to, like, kind of accept that Mitch Rapp was with Louis Gould's widow. Um, I, 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 at the time, I was like, I don't, I don't love it. And now it makes all the sense in the world. Now I get it, um, which I'll never doubt kyle and and kyle we trust for that reason alone he made it really work you know yeah he made it work it could have it could have went off the rails though it, oh it could have went bad like that's i mean it would have it could have went big bad but instead there's something kind of beautiful about well look i i have three adopted children so i love i'm a big f- believer in blood doesn't make you family that makes you relatives um and that concept so I kind of really like, for me, it's like nice seeing Mitch raise a kid that's not biologically his. I know what that's like. But there's also something kind of beautiful about raising the kid that was named after your late wife. Yes. And he really makes so, it work. That's that's where I was sold. And I do understand people who initially hesitated and, and still do. Some people still don't even like that, that Claudia is around. But, and I've said this on our pod, and Chris, you've heard me a million times, the consent to kill epilogue, to me is my favorite single piece of text, favorite chapter Vince ever wrote. It is so important to who Mitch is, and it's the small things, the way he almost questions himself on pointing a gun at this mother and child. It's almost like a Mary and Madonna kind of scene. Yep. And I just, the way he asks himself, who am I, while he ha- he's waving a gun at a mother and child, to me is is like, Vince knew there was something there that's going to change Mitch and that door was open. And then the other thing Kyle did when he, when Mitch first goes to check on Claudia, I think it was, I think might've been South Africa even. Mm -hmm. And he sees baby Anna there. And there's this scene where he sees them again after the epilogue and consent to kill was the last time he saw them. And the way Kyle wrote that, it, it worked for me. It really worked right from the jump. And I know for others it didn't, but I put those two scenes together in my mind that it changed Mitch. And once a scene like that changes Mitch, it's unfinished business. It's going to have to, it's going to have to come back. I agree. Um, I agree. And he made it work. And I mean, referencing order to kill I, to me, that was Kyle's best book before this one. Uh, Oath of loyalty. I loved order to kill. Cause the first time we see Mitch rap, dude, I'm not like, everyone's like, well, Louis Gould was a great, like, I hate him so bad. I don't even consider him in Mitch Rapp's league. Like, no, thanks. Um, uh, he got killed by 80 year old Stan Hurley. So I don't think so. Uh, I like to think, yeah, it's a great scene, but I'm not all about hyping up Louis Gould. Uh, I love Grisha. And I think to see Mitch Rapp finally have an adversary who could hold their own against him. Right. Was great. And um, you can't sell that if he doesn't hurt Scott Coleman. That was the book I was sweating it, by the way. I'm like, dude, that Scott scene. Coleman dies. I'm about to really cry here. Like, this is going to be a grown man ugly cry session. You can't take Scott Coleman. Like, no. Mitch, has, Mitch has lost his his wife, his baby, his, his one of his mentors, <clears throat> both oh. really in Stansfield and Hurley. Like, Stansfield. he's going to literally be down to only, like, his brother that we never see. Hardly ever. Uh, Irene Kennedy and Tommy. He's not going to have no one after this. Like, I was feeling it. So I was like, he needs to make a full recovery. But you can't sell that if you don't do that. And you kill two birds with one stone. You show that Grisha's is a badass and Mitch doesn't have his right hand man. So it truly is 1v1 now. And um, that, was, that was my favorite. That was my favorite Kyle Mills book before Oath of Loyalty. I think that's still Kyle's best scene and definitely best action scene is the yeah. Grisha versus Scott fight. Yep. I, I agree. It's not even the, the Grisha versus uh, Mitch rep, right? That one was almost, you know, that I remember actually we, Chris, both you and I agreed on the podcast, the first half of that book, some of our favorite in the whole series, the second half just didn't race to that level. So we liked that book, but um, the first half was definitely. Yeah. There really, was a part of really me that wanted to see Mitch curb stomp Grisha. <laughs> 
you know and i was happy to see uh see him come back because i was kind of like wondering what he was doing and i liked how especially in this last book kyle was like pulling on all these like callbacks and yeah out of nowhere we get a we get a call from grisha and as well as like we get a reference to transfer of power right where yeah he, he gets put in He's like, oh, I saved president. Not not too far from this bunker where I'm being about to be shackled. Um, yep. So speaking of non-rap characters, uh, who would you say is your favorite non-rap character? Um, it's tough, but Irene for sure for me. Yeah. Um, right. in a lot of ways, she's the OG character. I mean, she. Oh yeah. She is, is so important in transfer of power. I mean, she recruited the hero, you know. But I love her loyalty to Mitch. That's really what it is. And Coleman has it, too. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I love the way that Kennedy is very much like a big sister who has his back and trusts him so completely. If you actually go back and look, by the way, Coleman questions Mitch more than Irene does. Scott, a lot of times, will be like, are you sure? More than, more than Irene, who usually knows if Mitch is weighing in, this is a, it's gospel. Like, that's what it is. And I, I just love that. I love that about her and their trust together. And I love the way they interact, especially after, you know, big moments. One of my favorite scenes with them is uh, when when Mitch finds out that that Anna died, you know, his scene with with her. I love where they're at the safe house and they're trying to have this nice moment. And this whole hit team rolls up like they're going to do something. And Mitch kills every single one of them because he's still Mitch and we see how pissed he is, but I just really love the dynamics of their relationship. Also how smart she is. You know, she was, she learned from the best and Thomas Stansfield, a spies spy. And we see her embody that she's also not afraid to get her hands dirty. We've seen her do that. Yes. Um, you know, I, I love that scene in act of treason where she, literally kill someone right in the Oval Office. I think that's one of the best scenes in the in the series. Because you're like, was, oh, dang. And I love wild. Mitch's reaction to it, by the way. Yeah, pretty wild. Yeah. Oh, who did He's it? also like, are you okay? Yeah. And, and and she's like, I'm fine. Yep. And she's like, all professional. Moving on. Yep. That was great. So, so her, I, uh, Michael O'Rourke was one I really liked. I actually oh, wish yeah. he would come back. I wish we could find a role for him. I wish we could vote for him in Congress. Right <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, there's a couple. I mean, I like both former presidents. I actually wish we knew more what's going on with them. Post. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Being in office. There's actually another author uh, that I cover that I like. His name's Steve Barry. And oh, his yeah. Cotton Malone series. There's like this fan favorite president, Danny Daniels. And oh, yeah. when he gets out of office. He runs for Congress a way to stay involved. Like he can't be president again. So he's like, I'm not just going to leave. Like screw these bastards. I'm not done yet. And I, so I, there's a part of me that almost wishes we knew more about what was going on with the former presidents, especially Alexander. Cause I, I typically, I, I was really fond of him. The whole, look, he had me at the whole, I played football. Sometimes this better be on offense. Like, come on, take the leash off Mitch rap and let him eat. Like, that's what we want to see anyways. Like I was in, uh, I love this Roll guy, tide. but at the same time, you know, uh, he had a different president, give him a consent to kill everyone involved. So I'm a big fan of both of them. Dark horse. We've already talked, but I really liked Greta. I wish we knew what happened. I wish we knew where she was. We need that third book. Like the third. Yeah, the we really post, do. Post kill shot book, you know? Yeah. We need what falls between kill shot and and term limits for sure um i i wish they would let kyle write that book but hurley is a favorite oh yeah you know how can he not be i love that he got to go out in a lot of ways protecting mitch rap because that to me that scene like it's crazy to think he's like biting a dude's throat out but to me it's actually kind of like beautiful in the sense that i'm done like i'm checking out now don't worry your biggest threat i'm taking with me And he does. He removes the biggest person who's a threat to Mitch and Louis Gould, that slime ball, and literally eats his throat out. And I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love that we gave him one more high priority target to take out. You know, I love that scene. And the last man is almost that's the whole arc, right? It's yeah. It's Vince's last book. 
he probably senses in the back of his mind that it this is this is going to be it and he almost writes this swan song yep and it mirrors hurley hurley mirrors him there's i think one of the more haunting scenes that sticks with me is i think it's they're out on a patio and i think it's nash and irene inside the kitchen looking through the glass door yep out at stan and mitch in the in the chairs and it's just like it's, it's a it's great scene. So meaningful. It's so deep. And just know it's it's Vince's last book. Uh, and, and that Kyle was was willing to put that in the survivor and pick up on that. It just it made the transition almost magical. Mysterious. Well, listen, it, it has this haunting aura. I totally agree. As an author myself now, do you know the kind of anxiety it would give me if someone was like, hey, we need you to take over this number one New York Times bestselling series right now? And you're like, oh, OK. I can write whatever I want. No, it needs to be a direct sequel to the last book the author wrote. Okay, is the is the antagonist alive? No, they're dead. Like you're like, I got a lot to and work with. And a hardcore fan base. Like, that's that a demanding fan base. Oh my gosh! Like that would be. I would lose my mind, man. I would be yeah. so scared. Um, and instead, Kyle found a way to make all that work. Uh, and and I felt like wrapped up the Vince Flynn part of these books you know this series brought it to a, a really satisfying conclusion in a way that was so well done that it kind of closed that door and opened a new one for us to come back with order to kill and beyond and i think that's why it works so well yeah no totally agree so you mentioned uh i guess we want to you know we don't have too much time you, you said you got to go but you mentioned a couple times and uh you're now an author Fields of Fire. Well, both Mike and I had a chance to read it. I think it's very good. Excited for the next one. Oh, thank you, man. Um, you had a uh, pub day, August August second. So it's been been a couple months. Uh, what, what has it been like to be a published author now? Um, terrifying because I signed that contract. It was a two book deal, and it dawned on me like after about a month, like they're going to want me to write this second book. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to need to go do that. The paper shortage actually pushed back my pub date till September six, and it was like in a weird way, a full circle moment for me. Cause I came out one week before Mitch rap. It's been really surreal. I don't like, I'm still at the point like where I'm like my kids friends, like, Hey, what, what do you do for a living? Mr. Stack. And I'm like, first of all, I hate being called that. Um, but like, Oh, I'm an editor. I'm a book spy. And, um, my oldest kids are like, dad, just call yourself an author. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Like, by the way, tell your parents to buy my books. You know? And I'm like, um, it's been amazing. It's something I've always wanted to do didn't have the confidence to do or the time to do for a long time and finally committed to it. A lot of people ask me if my character, uh, Matthew red initials are based off of Mitch rap. No, they're not. I created him in high school, uh, for, a uh, create a writing assignment that got me suspended from school for a whole week. Cause it was so violent. Um, oh. <laughs> and I actually said to my agent, I was like, should I change the name? Because it's, and he was like, why? And I'm like, cause Matthew red, Mitch rap. And he's like, I never even would have thought of that. Like if you wouldn't have said it, I don't like, people are going to think of it. And the problem is the character was so real to me. He'd been with me for like 20 years. I, I couldn't rename him. It was like really tough. So a lot of people think that that's actually not true. There's a few moments for sure where, um, you can see, I would hope, I hope you could see where my love of Vince Flynn plays a role in me as an author he's mentioned prominently in the acknowledgements of fields of fire and um that book it's not a vince flynn like book but i said to my agent when i was going to write it i said I, I, my two favorite authors in the world are vince flynn and cj box and they couldn't be more different like if you know anything about that comes through yeah if you see anything more about cj box i mean he's not vince flynn joe pickett is not his character joe pickett is not mitch rap he's the opposite right and I said to my agent, I'm going to write Vince Flynn meets CJ box. And I remember there was like this long sigh and he went, oh, what the hell does that look like? And I was like, give me a year. Let's find out. I don't know yet. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go find out. And there were people surprised. I think when they read my book and they were like, I thought it was going to be just like Vince Flynn. I'm not smart enough to write those books, man. I'm really not. I don't know how Vince did that. There could only be one Vince Flynn. We're, you know how lucky we are. We got a Kyle Mills. Right. Yeah. Right. I would hate to be the person that has to step in after that. Okay. Cause you're just not going to keep catching lightning in a bottle that many times. We are so blessed as a fan base to have Kyle following Vince. It's unreal. And so let me just tell you, like, there's a, it's a lot harder than people think to write a book. Okay. And even to get published. And so the fact that we get just 
A-plus storytellers from Vince and to Kyle, I don't think you're getting that a third time. So I have a whole new appreciation, but I wanted to stay true. You know, I like to say Vince Flynn made me fall in love with thrillers. C.J. Box made me want to be an author. Because those were stories I felt like I could tell. And I don't mean that in a, like, he's less smart than Vince Flynn kind of way. It's like these localized to a certain area out west stories really appeal to me. I, I can't pull off the kind of stuff that Vince does. I, I don't think I could, honestly. I'm so glad Kyle can. So for me, it was like, what are the stories I could tell? You know what we don't see? A Mitch Rapp character out west. We don't see that. We never mm. get that. And to me, that was so obvious because it's like, man, out west, you really are alone. Like, backup is not minutes away. It is hours at best or days at worst. Like, the stakes are heightened. And I thought, okay, I want to set a Mitch Rapp-ish like character out west. And that's, that's really how my series was born. So my series is about a former Marine Raider who gets out of the military and um, goes back home for the first time in over a decade to his little town in Montana to find his adopted father murdered. And as he investigates and looks into that, he uncovers a global conspiracy that only he can stop. So there's those, those big, you know, Mitch rap type action scenes, but set in a CJ box like universe. And I'm really excited about it. So thank you both, by the way, for reading it guys. I really appreciate that. Book two. I'm so much higher on. It's called lethal range. It comes out uh, August 15th, 2023. Available for pre-order wherever books are sold in all formats. And uh, I'm told I have to say that, just so you know. But uh, <laughs> Hey, make the plug. Plug away. Plug, plug, plug but, away. Um, I, the, so the second one, I went for it. Like, the first one, you have to establish things. There is some action in there. But the second one really opens with action and does not stop till the end. Like, every time you think, oh, this is probably the big action sequence, it's not. The next one's bigger. And then the next one's bigger. And the next one's bigger. And I remember when I turned into my publisher, they actually like called and said, Hey dude, are you aware that it's like pretty much all action? And I was like, yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, I knew that. Uh, that oh, was yes. by design. So that worked out. Okay. Um, and they were like, okay, just want to make sure, did you want to add in a few like slower moments? And I was like, no, uh-uh, I'm really, I like where this <laughs> one's good. at. So, um, the few people who have read it, my agent, um, and a couple people very close to me, Felt like it was much better than Fields of Fire. So I can't wait for August 15th. It's special for me because, um, you know, we talk about like Coleman being this best friend to Mitch Rapp and Irene Kennedy has his back. So my real life best friend, his name is Mikey Durhammer and he bought the house across from mine. And we have dogs, big Rottweilers who are brothers and we dinner every night. We're like family. And I was actually writing book two and realized that Red needed a sidekick and a, someone he could trust. So I just wrote my best friend into the book and didn't tell my publisher he's based on a real person. So when I turned it in, they were like, we love this like new character. Like you did your homework. Like he really feels real and fleshed out. And I was like, thank you. Like I knew I should have told them he was based off of my best friend, but I was like, now nah, let him think I'm really good at this for a minute. And then, uh, <laughs> and then later I, I fessed up. So um, it's fun for me. For all those reasons, I think you see more Mitch Rap like stuff in this book. Certainly, what I love about Vince's action is in Lethal Range, and and I'm really pumped up about that. So I, I'm excited, man. And yeah, I think where you left us, Matty Red is he's ready to rip. He is ready to rip yeah. in book two, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's a big boy. He's six, three and a half and 265 pounds of muscle. I just did an interview the other day where they were like, are you Maddie Red Ryan? And I was like, no, like if you can uh, see this was interview. OK, I should have just said yes. Um, I was like, no, if you could see me right now, believe me, my wife wishes I looked more like Maddie Red. <laughs> Negative. OK, but but he talks the way I'm pretty sure I would if I was six foot three and a half, 265 pounds of muscle could get away with it. Okay. So in that sense, maybe, but um, no, I hope you guys like it. I hope my, my, my true belief is if you like Mitch rap, you'll see enough in in my character that maybe you give him a try and you like it. Um, But it was, listen, without Vince Flynn, I'm not even coming on this, you know, podcast as, as a rapologist, as a book spy or as an author. Right. Well, how about this? We want to go much deeper into Fields of Fire. We want to hear more about Lethal Range. And trust me, we've got tons more we could talk about with Mitch Rapp. So 
How about we have you back on sometime soon? Yeah. And then down the road, we have you back on to talk lethal range closer uh, to that pub date in 2023. Yeah. I feel like but, we barely scratched the surface, guys. Like, there's so much right. more to talk about. We got We're gonna have to do another part two, part three, part four on this. Because we could, we could. Uh, I didn't even get to ask you. You know, you, you put it on the. I guess you know we could just tell them to go read the, uh, read your blog post. But um, I, I want to hear from your your mouth the explaining the top ten kills. You know, like that 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 you put out there. So. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a so lot. much more. We we we're, lot, we got to do it again. And I love what you guys are doing, by the way. So yeah, on behalf of all the other Mitch Rat fans, thank you. We needed someone to do a podcast like this and deep dive it, man. I love what you guys are doing. Please keep it up and let's let's do this again soon. Definitely, that's awesome. Well, one last thing. Thank you for that for that praise. And before we let you go, we're going to keep a no limits tradition alive, which is to send you off with your very own limerick. He calls himself Ryan, the rapologist. The real book spy right here in our midst. A true Vince Flynn scholar who can write quite the brawler. Fields of Fire, a Matty Red novel not to be missed. Thanks for joining us, Ryan Steck. Can't wait to have you back. Thank you, guys. I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as we did. Next week... You got to go over to our other feeds. This this feed will be going a little bit dormant, but go to season two, Scott Harbath pod. You get our part two of Takedown and go check out the No Limits to the podcast where we will be bringing you uh, maybe Savage Sun, definitely our interview with Andrews and Wilson and a whole lot more to come. So as always, we need to thank our patrons, our special operator, Sherry F, our special agents, Daryl, Kevin, George, Matt, Don, Dennis, Peggy, Catherine, Ray, Bridget, Jeff, and Mark. Please subscribe, rate, and review using your favorite podcasting platform. You can find us online at thrillerpod.com or on Twitter and Instagram at thrillerpodcast. And as always, just let Mitch be Mitch. Mitch.